Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Screenwriting Life. Uh, We're so excited for you guys. For this show, um, honestly, I'm a bit intimidated because our topic is just so big. It's so large. It's a big topic. Yeah, we're talking about voice. Uh, And uh, that's our topic for this week. And I've been thinking a lot about it all week. And I'm really excited to hear what we have to say about it. <laughs> so we're talking about the voice in your writing, and when people say, "Oh, you, you know, what what is your voice, and do you have a unique voice, and what the heck does that even mean?" So right. we're going to talk about that. But before we get there, we're going to um, do some procrastinating by talking about <laughs> our week. This is our week. Adventures in screenwriting is what we call it. Um, Lorian, how was your week? Uh, my week was uh, like all weeks. You know, I get to the end and we do the show and you ask me this question, I can only remember the last four hours, so it's hard. I have to look back through my book. So I think I took care of a lot of family stuff. This seemed to be the week for that. You know, I took my kid to the dentist, that kind of thing. Um, I actually, for some reason, somehow, because I'm a procrastinator, piled up a lot of, you know, agreeing to read other people's work and give them notes this week. So I got to spend some time doing that. Stop doing that. Stop it, Lorian. These were return favors. So people had read me and so I read them. Okay, fair. And honestly, it always makes me feel a little good. It validates me a little when I can see things in someone else's work and it's like, oh, I, I kind of do know what I'm talking about every That's once true. in a while. That's you true. Know? And then I like to leave if someone's like really excited to dive into something, whereas before they were a little you know, nervous or scared about it. So that it made me feel good. And then okay. of course, I had to dive into my own uh, work yesterday and today, and as I mentioned earlier before we got on the podcast, I know we're not supposed to talk about this stuff before we're talking. Yes, I know we talking. told you didn't start talking before we um, I am exhausted today because my writing has been chasing me into all the dark corners. And uh, so what happens is I get to a point where I'm writing in the script and I zoom out and I'm like, I'm hungry, I need a snack, or I have to go to the bathroom. You know, it's so hard to stay in it Um, and to force myself around, or like I realize structurally it's not there, or all the reasons, you know, all the intellectual uh, beasts start to show up and yell at me. And so then I find all the reasons not to stay in it. Uh, It's really scary. I'm really scared. This is something, a really personal project, and it's a comedy, of course, so it's really dark. And um, it uh, just even thinking about it, talking about right now makes me like I can feel the tears on the back of my eyes, like trying to push through and be like, hey, listen to me. I'm emotional. Oh, uh, good lava right there. Right yeah. up in the lava. Yeah. And I'm uh, it's terrifying, honestly. I mean, I tell these stories all the time to you or to my friends, but it's so different to put it down in a script and to imagine. I don't know what I can't even imagine what it is anymore. You know, so it's um, so that's my week. Uh, it's a good week, though. It's, it's a, a good, good week. week, 
uh, I feel really exhausted, which is maybe explains why I was pre-exhausted on Monday and had to take a nap. Like I knew it was coming. It was coming. The <laughs> lava was on its way. Get rested. So, yeah, but I mean, it's. But I'm honestly, I'm in it. Like right now, I feel very emotional and sort of scared and uh, overwhelmed. And like, what's it going to be? And oh God, I have to stay in it. And now I'm telling everyone on the show, and That's so I right. can't, I can't run away from it. Like I'm committing. I have a title and everything, which I'm not telling anyone yet because, no, you know, it's like telling the name of your baby. Before I know, born. I Don't know. Do that. But, um, but yeah. So it's been a week. Meg, how was your week? Uh, well, I had I had some good news, which is we got the green light to go to script on the project that I have with the director that we've been doing iteration after iteration after iteration. And, you know, it's so funny because it's like for months now, it's been like, I just want to write a script. I just want to write a script. And now, of course, I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to write a script. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I mean, I think I was trying to ponder why I was having this reaction. And I realized, oh, it's because I can't write a barf draft. I mean, I can, but it's going to have to be on my own time, in essence, right? Like, I'm in a, I'm, I, I'm at, this is set up. There's a director. I can't just hand them barf. So, uh, but I still need to do that process. So I'm going to have to figure out how to do that for myself, for my own discovery phase, even though we have an approved outline treatment, right? I still right. know that for my heart, there still has to be a discovery phase. I'm very, very lucky in that the director I'm working with loves discovery as well. So I'm sure we're going to have a great time. Um, and I'm also then took uh, um, a day to rewrite something, um, a day or more than a day, but um, that I have a TV pilot set up with Jonathan. And um, that's really like getting back into the water in terms of falling back in love with the character and mm -hmm. trying not to intellectually rewrite it. Because this is like going to second draft, like, uh, we're not supposed to blow up. I mean, you know me. I'm always still blowing up. But like <laughs> literally today, I was like, I think the entire beginning, I think we need a huge action set piece. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> but I just, what I, so I wrote it and I might have wasted the whole day. But I just intuitively was like, I need to rewrite this opening. So I, it's good. I'm falling back in love with her and watching the ripples. You got to be so careful because mm -hmm. I'm rewriting these two. Uh, these two opening scenes, but they're gonna ripple. Every line of dialogue is perhaps changing the character just enough. And, you know, it's world building, so the clarity of the world, and you can get really up in your head. So I just spent the time trying to reconnect to her and fall in love with her again so that I didn't get too up in my head. Um, Good, and well, then congratulations the, on thank that you. too. And then the yeah. other thing I wanted to share was um, I gave a new idea to somebody one of my reps who I, you know, I just, well, I respect all of my reps, but this one is kind of my bellwether. And it was kind of a lukewarm response. <laughs> uh-oh. Well, did I, you get, did you get well told? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> well, I did actually, wait. I actually think he <gasps> did. Oh no. Wait. No, well, you know, it's interesting because I realized, you know, part of me totally panics when I, I can hear in the tone, the lukewarmness. Mm -hmm. Um. And he's not, and, and part of me is like, fuck, shit. And then, this is why I'm on the phone with him and supposedly listening. And then, immediately I'm like, fuck it, fuck it. This person doesn't know everything just because this person doesn't get it. I mean, it was just an idea. I'm like, whatever, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, right. He just had gallstone surgery. Maybe he's not feeling well. Like, you know, you don't know why mm -hmm. people's tone is the way it is. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to bring it up because 
When I get notes like that, I write, I have an email up and I'm typing what they say. Mm -hmm. Like I'm literally typing almost every word they say in essence. Um, and then I send it to myself because inevitably two hours later I read it and I'm like, oh, oh no, right. I think he kind of, no, it was okay. He was talking about the marketplace and is there a buyer for this? That's what he's lukewarm about. Like he doesn't know if there's a buyer for this idea. And you know me, I'm like, whatever, I don't care, I like it. Um, so I was like, it was good to always, if you're getting notes, either hit record, be typing, you know, if you can, if it's on the phone, um, and then, because you need to go back and look at it. Um, the other thing I'm proud about for my week is I was off, fa I, I made a commitment, I'm on Facebook for no more than five minutes, and I kept that. Oh, good. Five minutes. Oh, good. Not five minutes a day, but five minute chunks. <laughs> so I, I mean, let's not get crazy. I mean, I mean, my son was like, you're an addict, you have to cancel that account. And I was like, no! <laughs> you can't, you can't cancel it. Um, and I'm down to 71, 71 emails in my inbox. So guys, oh, that's wow. like, I shouldn't get a parade right now because <laughs> that's 71 things I have to do, but right. it's better than the 356 that I had in there, so. I know, right. I, I pick up some people's phones and it literally says 10,000 over their email and I have a heart attack for them. Like I can't. It makes can't. me very upset. I don't know how to process it. Even when I just see like a picture of it, even like on a meme, like someone or like a photo and you see how many unanswered emails, oh. I, I get agitated. I don't get it. And then you pick up your teenage son's phone and see the 10,000 emails and you know that most of them are from you. <laughs> <laughs> that he has not even looked at. <laughs> Fun. Oh, Fun. Um, yeah, I don't have that yet. No, no. no. You will. Don't worry. Um, <sighs> all right, Jeff. So I guess we were going to let you go ahead and, and do your your thing of asking, talking about the show and asking for... Um, <sighs> all right, Jeff. So I guess we were going to let you go ahead and, and do your, your thing of asking, talking about the show and... Asking for reviews and... Well, yes, of course, Megan, Lorian. Um, you know, we love our community so much. Our Facebook group is like this sacred haven that even I go to where I feel like I can find advice. And what's so cool is, you know, even Megan, Lorian, who all of us look up to so much, also go to our Facebook group to seek advice, which is just such a cool community. So if you haven't joined our Facebook group, it's linked in this episode description. Please make sure you do that. And of course, the real juice where you guys can really help us is our Apple Podcast reviews. Um, I'm going to read the most recent review we got from L Not L, who says, This is like film school, but better. These discussions are packed with the kind of information and insights that people pay university tuition for. I feel so much better equipped as a writer since listening to this podcast. Uh, also, Meg's perspective on vulnerability and lava is beautiful and energizing. I'll be revisiting some of these episodes when I need a boost of courage. Um, what's so cool about that review is, to me, it really highlights what's so special about this show, is we're not just a craft podcast, we're a podcast about the experience and the journey of being a writer. And I've learned so much about that component specifically of writing through the show. Um, so thank you so much, Megan and Lorian, on my behalf. And thank you to our audience. Um, those Apple podcast reviews really help. And we will review it on the show. Yes, thank yeah, you. Thank you, guys. And Jeff, are you going to uh, ask people to tune in to I, your... I will are you going to do some... Come on, um, be vulnerable. Was, yes, just talking do about it, the courage component it. of writing. And I've written a number of features. Um, I've... In 2016, I had a feature show up on um, 
Franklin Leonard's Blacklist website for a month on a featured list, which was kind of cool. Um, but I really want to make something, and I promised myself before I was 30 I would shoot something. So I specifically wrote a feature on a very, very low budget that I plan on shooting this summer at my university. And I'm doing a big call with some producers and university faculty and students. And I have a number of people joining to watch a table read with actors. And I wanted to extend the invite to our listeners. So this is a very scary thing that I'm doing, but I'm always encouraged by Megan Lorian to go out on a limb and face my fear as a writer because that's where the magic happens. So if you're interested in viewing this table read and joining our audience, I would really appreciate it. You can RSVP to me at jeffgramdigital at gmail.com and I will send you a link to that read. It's on October 25th at 3 p.m. And I will say, that's 3 p.m. Pacific. October 25th, that's a Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific if you can make it. And um, if there's a lot of people, which there's already a decent size, it'll help my case with these producers. So you can uh, come judge me and this script no. if you'd like. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, no now, I'm gonna ju- now I'm jumping in here. It's not about judgment. It's about support. Yes. Come support Jeff. Come support another creative uh, writer-director walking out into the lava. He's going to do it publicly. Yes, Amazing. support. Um, so it's all about support. Now, Jeff, let's let people know, other than just tuning in and getting the experience and of, of watching a table read, which I think a lot of our writers, you should do that. You should watch a table read because um, someday it's going to happen to you. Um, uh, do you want notes or do you not want notes? I would That's actually what... love notes. Um, you know, this is a pre-pro script. We're shooting this summer. You, you guys will see Megan Lauren. I took my headphones off because there's this weird delay. Again, Mercury retrograde. We'll just keep it there. Um, But yeah, I would love notes. Um, You know, this is an early draft. I wrote it with a limited location kind of mentality in mind. Um, Just to pitch you a little bit on it, it's a comedy drama that feels a bit like a millennial big chill. Very limited cast. It's kind of a chamber piece, very moody, very character driven. Um, But it's, um, even though it's, you know, a draft I like, I know it can get better. So, um, and I know the notes from this community would be incredibly valuable. So if you want to hear the script, I think it's fun, very character-driven. Again, kind of a um, coming-of-age comedy drama, and those notes would be really valuable. So again, that's happening on Sunday, October 25th at 3 p.m. Pacific. It'll be about two hours, and um, I'd really love if you guys could join. I really appreciate it. Uh, My email, again, is jeffgramdigital at gmail.com. You can RSVP there, and I put it in the description for you. So go ahead and let me know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I want to, I, uh, Jeff, I hope that they give you good notes. I hope that from listening to our podcast, they can really kind of dive in there and give you some insightful notes. So, yeah, so they'll know how to take them, which is good as well. That's right. You'll say, fuck you. <laughs> to all fuck of our me. fans. What's next? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now, procrastination no more. We're getting uh, on to our here topic we go. of here voice. We go. Okay, voice. Sometimes I, I, I know that every writer out there has heard you need to develop your voice. Um, so what does that mean to you, Lauren? Um, to me, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's it's kind of a confusing thing, right? So just like you said, it's intimidating. For me, it means uh, why am I a storyteller and why am I telling this particular story? Um, I know, again, that's so mushy. It's hard to explain. Um, but uh, I think it's in what I, I can only speak to my experience of finding and using my voice. It's in my confidence as a writer and in being in that world. And why am I telling this story and making sure it's not just in my characters that they all have unique voices, but in my scene descriptions as well. Um, I, I find this so hard to talk about 
to explain. Like I've had people say, I love your voice. And I want to sit down and be like, what, what is it? What is it specifically? Like, where are you seeing it? Is it the whole script? Is it the idea of the script? Is it how I'm, I like to write characters? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, well, I can tell you it's everything because I've, I know your voice on the page and right. Your voice on the page is this beautiful combination of comedy and pathos and surprising. You surprise with your choices of what characters might say or do, where we're going with the story. Um, and in that surprise is often something that is illuminating. Um, and not just in terms of the story itself, but in terms of character and theme and why you're saying it. And you know, you always have a sense that this writer, being you, has something that you're trying to tell me. Right. And you're going to and it's super entertaining, which I think is often the hard part. I mean, for me, I can get really like into theme and what am I trying to say? And everyone's going to be like, oh, wait, this has, needs to be entertaining as well. Right. Like it has to be fun, uh, some element of fun. And by fun, I don't mean tone. I just mean, you know, uh, you know, super, super dark can be entertaining, can be fun. Right. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, I reached I, I reached out to some very well-known writers who are are very well known for their voice to ask them this question um, and the, the responses were really interesting you know um, you know there is the response um, that often people think you can't teach it and I, I think that's probably true in terms of I can't teach you your voice because it's your voice right like it's not something anybody can give you because it's inside of you um, I do think it's something that um, you can help somebody the same way you can help them walk into lava. Do you know what I mean? Like it's right. in the supporting of it or saying right there, right there, do you know that something like flashed out right there. Like, so I think it's more like a guide to it perhaps. Um, and, uh, than teaching, but, um, you know, uh, I, Go ahead, yeah, Lorraine. I, I have a question about that. So we talk a lot about voice, and I, I love to hear what all these writers have to say about it. But I wonder, um, is there a way we can talk about when we read a script and we recognize that there is a lack of voice? Ah, so the opposite. So the opposite. So uh, I think that the the lack of voice is really for me often, and there's no one thing, you guys. There's, uh, you know, but often it's their archetypes. And by the way, I'm not saying archetypes are bad, but they're only archetypes. So they start to feel like characters I've seen before or cookie cutter, and I start to know where they're going. I start to know, well, that's her role and is an archetypical role, so she's going to do this. And the theme is something that maybe I've heard before, or you know, sometimes I describe it as a Hallmark card theme. Like I, no offense, Hallmark, I love Hallmark cards, but. In other words, it, it feels already already worked out, something already explored deeply, and that so it's not cliche. I don't want to see cliche. That's too easy. But you but just you know feel what like, the you know what the rhyme is going to be on the second yeah, line. Exactly. Right? I already yeah. you're not illuminating um, for me that love is grand or you know I'm like yeah okay right. what about you know a, a unique p point of view might be yeah not so much love isn't very grand or you know like what's the or finding a new way to show me that love is grand and what grand means to you, right? Mm -hmm. And that um, that grandness of love is so specific. I think a lot of times voice comes down to specificity. Um, and that when it's not there, it feels very bland. It feels very like this could be anywhere. Um, these people are talking like anybody versus 
it's a very interesting thing and that um, when I worked with Jodie Foster, she said to me once, sometimes the more specific you get, the more minute, the more co human condition you're connecting into, right? So a guy who suddenly says, let's make a contract and, and you say pulls over a napkin to write the contract on, that the specificity that he would pull over a napkin it tells me, I can't explain it, but it has a resonance to it um, versus he pulled over his phone, right? Or something that I would expect that he's going to do. So mm -hmm. oftentimes the no voice, there might be tons of craft, right? So again, there can be craft. Um, I, I knew a writer once who was so good at craft that he fooled everybody, but his stuff wasn't getting bought. And it's like, why? And you're like, well, because there's no voice here. There, It's everything's what I expect. The craft is so good, it's fooling people, but it they're not emotionally attaching to that to that voice. Um, you know, um, you know, one of the writers that I spoke to said it's a mixture of personality and perspective, which I thought was a beautiful way of saying it. Um, that it's a person your personality and your perspective on life as well as the story you're telling, right? And that, and, and she agreed with you, Lauren, that it's in, it permeates the whole script. It's in the character's point of view, their dialogue, the way you're describing action. I mean, I'm terrible at describing action. You, I have to you, tell you, like, I just want to get past You actually aren't. I mean, I just want to get by it. I just like, okay, because like, I, and by the way, I don't mean like, I don't like action. I like to see it because I visually see things as I write. But um, I'm not a poet. I'm not like over every word trying to like. So that's not what I mean when by voice. But it you can be. A, you have a beautiful economy in your scene descriptions. You get it. I see what you're what you're showing me when I'm reading you. So right, but you know. and there are writers who on the page are so poetic and and their word description, which again is their voice, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's very important to them that he shuffles. Um, you know, like so specific. And I think that's also incredibly beautiful. Um, you know, she described it as the action is written dryly or playfully. You know, it, it, it that's where you're, and again, if you think about it too hard, sometimes that doesn't work either. This is why this topic is tricky because it's not an intellectual thing. It's not like you can sit down and say, I am intellectually going to find my voice today. Well, I mean, you can, and I want you to, but <laughs> it's in the play. You know when we talked about like when I learned to play from my friend who is an actor, John Morgan, mm -hmm. it really, really helped my writing because you have to be able to play on the page. And that play starts to really, I think, dig up the voice a lot. Um, you know, and of course it's subjective. What you're writing is subjective. You're telling a story from your point of view and it's subjective to your character. And that subjectivity is often the voice, why you're picking that character, what you wanna say. Um, another writer I deeply respect said that she thinks her voice emerged when she started to express her values through the story. Um, and that when she decided she was not gonna worry about being too earnest, which I mm. really think earnestness, when you say, well, why doesn't a script have voice? It's, um, it's probably been overnoted, meaning it's intellectually noted to be perfect, right? And they're so afraid of doing something cliche or doing something that somebody else has done or being earnest that it kind of has no emotionality. It has no specificity of that emotional grit. And 
I really, if you're one a writer who's afraid of earnestness, uh, I understand, but I really think it's such valuable and for me, uh, advice from this very well-known writer not to worry about it because, um, or you know what, if you are, here's the thing, write the scene earnest and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. If you're not gonna die, you don't have to show anybody. Just write it and write right into the earnestness. I bet you there's something really juicy lava sitting in there that uh, you're not wanting to, um, this, deal with. I, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but I think it's related. That fear um, about uh, not being too earnest or not writing something because, you know, well, dramas aren't selling right now or the market isn't asking You mean the this. note I just got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're not selling right now, but it's because they haven't read yours yet. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, there's a, a perception that may be accurate, but maybe we make up this narrative we tell ourselves about what the marketplace or producers or executives are looking for and we can't write that like we can't mm. write too earnestly or too violently or too i i tend to write with a little anger behind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what i have going on um and i think when you to your point when you hold back how you really want to write or who you are or your voice that's when it it can get in the way of your voice for sure, right. 100%. And, you know, it's funny because the things that broke me into screenwriting in terms of people started to say, who's that or what this has your voice in it, my manager later told me, because I met him after I wrote that, that he would have told me not to write it because there was no, you know, there was no audience or, you know, the voice is going to come through that crazy, quirky, weird thing that you want to write. I'm not saying to you, don't write the other things that you think the market will want. That's a value judgment. You should do what you want. But also be writing (laughs) at least a couple hours a day or 10 minutes a day, that quirky, weird thing that you don't even want to tell anybody else about because it's kind of strange or it's too earnest or, oh my gosh, you know, it's kind of a romance or whatever judgment you have on it. But it's sitting there. You know it's sitting there. And even if that quirky thing isn't going to ultimately quote unquote sell, but it's your voice and it's going to teach you so much about your voice and you're going to have fun and you're going to play and you're going to push yourself and the lava is going to be right in there because that's why it's sitting over there and waiting for you. And all of that will eventually go into the scripts that will sell. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to develop the voice through the quirky, weird thing that you just don't know why it's knocking on your brain just go ahead and write it. Just do it. Um, because that is where the voice is. The other thing I wanted to say was, um, the other tricky thing about this, just because the tricky topic, is, you know, in, in TV, of course, the irony is you have to have a voice for your spec pilot to get staffed, and then they want you to write in the voice of the showrunner. Right. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, we're gonna. We're very lucky we're going to have a very well-known TV uh, creator and showrunner come on and answer TV questions. And we're going to ask her this question because I yes. think it's so good. So, um, but you know, in essence, in a room, there there are workhorse writing gigs, right? Um, maybe there's a director on already and the director is really the one imbuing it with quote unquote voice. And yet I promise you that director and that showrunner still want the specificity and the fire of moments that are really coming because that's what you connected to and what you love about this character where you really wanted to push her like you know even when I wrote on TV my voice was still in there mm-hmm. and again we, we can talk about this when we talk about TV but that's a little tricky thing for voice is television right um, 
And, you know, I think, you know, for me, so what we're talking about, just to summarize it, is there's craft in two different places, right? There's, I'm sorry, there's voice in two different places. There's the voice in the craft, right? In the archetypes and how you take that archetype and you imbue it or you come from life and people you know. It's how you articulate that craft, how you articulate the dialogue and the scene descriptions and where are you entering the scene and where are you exiting the scene and what scene did you pick to put in here, right? right. That's, of course, all craft. And then there's the, the, the oh, sorry, that's, of course, all voice. And then there's the, the voice of the lava. I mean, really, that's where your voice is, right? It's down in that yes. lava, right? It's the yes. daring of the lava, the specificity of the lava, the world as you see it, that uniqueness, you know, that theme. And, you know, last class with Jonathan, we talked about, I took that class with Nancy Bacall, and that really dug down into my voice because it's me, and I'm having to write autobiographically, and that voice is really getting shaped based on not chickening out. Um and I was thinking, okay, well, what exercises could people do <laughs> to talk about voice? I really want to help people get to this. Um, you know, I think the most easy way is when you give someone a script and they say something they like about it, really listen to what they like about it. I know it's so easy to your brain to jump to all the stuff they didn't like, but what they like about it is probably places your voice is starting to become clear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So listen to what they like about it and think about that. And do you like that about it? Right. And is it, does it make you feel a little wiggly inside that they liked it? <laughs> right. Cause you're like, I kind of did do that well, or, you know, really it's sometimes it's as hard to sit in the compliment as it is to sit in the note. Um, but that's equally as important to get to know yourself as a writer. And um, this was a crazy idea I had, but, well, this part isn't. The A part isn't. The B part is crazy. You should be reading scripts on the page written by the writer, not not you know not transcribed from the movie. The ones written by the writer, and you are going to read voice, and it's really important to do. I was a producer. I read thousands of scripts of voice and not voice, and when you read voice, you know it. I'm not kidding. In half a page, quarter of a page, you know it. You're in it. You oh okay. Who's this? What, who is this writer? Like, this person has a voice. So it's kind of, you know, you, you need to read it on the page. And I know everyone's busy, but it's worth tracking it down. Take your favorite movies. Take people that you have heard have a great voice. I'm sure the Coen Brothers scripts are crazy good. I'm sure, you know, um, Tony Gilroy has amazing voice on the page. Uh, Richard Legravenez has incredible voice on the page. These are just off the top of my head. People that, when I was reading scripts, I would love when their scripts would come in. Um, you know, this is a, here's my crazy version of this. So my son is a com- it wants to be a composer. So he took his favorite score and he redid it on his computer. It what took do you mean? him. He literally so composed it on his computer from ear. What, oh. And and it's literally it took him like four days to two three minutes right because. He has to, the flute and where does it come in? And I think that's a violin. Is that a violin or an oboe? Like what, like he had to determine the, so much. And, and it taught him so wow. much about scoring a movie and how that genius thought, because he crawled inside of it. And I wonder if you took a script that has incredible voice and retyped it. I don't mean the whole thing even, but retype the first act. 
so that your brain and body, it's not about absorbing their voice at all. It's about understanding voice from inside of it in a way as a writer. Okay, maybe that's insane, well, but I wonder if it would work to, again, not to copy their voice, you can't, but to feel it uh, for yourself uh, on the page. I don't know, maybe it's crazy. We can see each other. No, 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 that's not it at all. At uh, Pixar, every year they had a class of story interns that would come up and work with the experienced story artists. And one of the assignments is they pick a scene from a movie, like a famous scene from a movie, like something from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then they would assign each of the interns had to reboard that scene, had Mm. to draw it out, like from their perspective or... Um, I, I wasn't in the room. I would see the, see their work sometimes, but um, I'd always seem like a really interesting and powerful assignment because it makes you look at something in a different way. Like, how would you direct that scene? Right. How would you, like, it's the same action, beginning, middle, and end, but, like, what will it look like if you did it? Well, there's a great version of it. Like, so look at a scene from your favorite movie or three scenes and write it on the page. Right. What does the character want? Do they get what they want? What's right. in their way? But, but I literally mean write the script. Yeah. Yeah. Intro, scene, description, and then see what, did they write it any different? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're spitballing people because voice is tricky. I've had to help <laughs> voice you. Voice is hard. See, other- you. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was going to happen. I think just journaling in general. Like, I think another thing you can do is take maybe your day. And I know this sounds very simple, but I think if you really get into journaling and free writing, The thing is, you're a writer because you have an experience of the world that's important and that you feel compelled enough by its importance to share with other people. And that's so valuable. Like That's what makes you a writer. And that perspective and that experience is yours. So I think the more that you're unpacking your own experience by journaling or free writing, the more you'll get a sense of why your particular point of view, perspective, and experience is valuable to share with other people. Like even something like take like the debate, like that was such a shit show, but everyone's gonna have such a unique take on that. Like a comedy writer will have a really maybe funny and cynical look at what was happening there. I don't know if this advice feels valuable or not, but I think that can help kind of- No, no. Co- yeah, 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 hop in, Meg. I mean, I, I think, here's the trick I think for a lot of people that the idea that <clears throat> their voice is valuable enough that the world needs it breaks their brains, right? Well, that's that confidence, right? That's yeah, talking about at the beginning. And like, I'm a writer. To, yeah. yeah, you don't have to have that in order to find voice. I think it's what voice eventually brings to you. Because the voice is there is, is developing and people are responding to it and you're getting recognized for the voice, suddenly it does start to seem valuable, which I think is what you're saying, Jeff, the more you do it. You know, and journaling is great to bring it up and dig it up. Like, I really like um, The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron's Morning Pages, because, like, I never liked to journal because I feel like I was just making a list of all the stuff that bugged me all day. But um, I like Morning Pages because you have to start writing, put your hand, your pen on the paper, and you cannot stop writing for three full pages. Even if it's like, I don't know, I hate this, I hate Megan Lorian for making me do morning pages. <laughs> and then you write blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to be amazed. It's going to go pop. Something's going to pop up. And you do that every morning. You're going to start to, that voice will start to come up. The lava is going to start to come up. You're going to start to, what your what your brain is turning over will come up. And it's, it's going to all be in there. So that was another exercise I was thinking of. If you're looking for your voice is do morning pages. And even if you can't intellectually see it, 
it will start to imbue your scripts, right? Because you're going to also be writing your scripts that day. And it's going to be a weird unconscious transference is going to start happening. So I completely agree, Jeff, that by doing the journaling, by doing self-reflection and and knowing that you are valuable and that you are worthy and we need you, we need you. We need your voice out in the world. And I know it's hard to believe that for some people. So if, if you can't stand on that rock yet, just do morning pages, just do the exercises, um, just have it in your mind. You know, when you just be curious about it, that can also start to rev it up do you know what I mean? And it's interesting, Lauren, because I do think a lot of times voice is blocked. It's not that it's not there. <laughs> it's I, blocked. Yeah, I was going to say um, uh, I got very, when I would sort of start to write and then quit, it was because I got so bogged down in the scene description has to be just right and the dialogue on this page has to fit in just the right way. Like I would get bogged down on some idea of what I thought it should be. And uh, really where I needed to get was that barf draft, like the rage and the like, yes. fuck it. And like, I, I, no one's gonna fucking read this. And just like writing it and barfing it out and not giving a damn was really what gave me a lot of power. Um, and it's how I have to approach every script now. Fuck you, you know, I'm you gonna do. do this. Absolutely, I do I, that too. And just like, just get out of my way. I'm just writing. Like I, I have to be angry somehow to access what I'm writing. And then, and then once I can get into it, and I have to, and then I'm proving to no one that I'm doing it. But then I'm like, then I'm in it, and then I can kind of settle in and have fun. But there is a place for me of still like this rage machine I have to develop to get into it. Um, otherwise, I sit in that block space of, I can't even get past, is this inside or outside? Am I int? Am I X? Am I INT or, or am I EXT? Right. You know, or like, other people like write from their intellect, right? Yeah, like, yeah. well, intellectually, the genre should begin here. And, yeah. blah, blah. and I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but that is later people and that is not voice. That right. is not voice. And yes, perfectionism. Yeah, it's so dangerous. Inner critic. They oh. cannot write, and they nope. don't write voice. They are the enemies of voice. Yes. Listen to me, people. The enemy Perfectionism of voice. is the enemy of voice, and you are not going to be able to become a successful screenwriter without voice, right? Well, okay, somebody's going to now send me a person, <laughs> and that's fine. Five please examples of so an that, example. Okay, please do. <laughs> this is a conversation, people. Go to the Facebook page. Go ahead. Um, but I really believe passionately that, uh, and you're right, Lauren, it, it, it's that confidence, but you don't have to have it. Fake it till you make it, people. Yes. And if and that's, to get, yeah. to I'm get still that confidence, it. you got to yeah. get ragey. And oh, please, I just did it today where I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But and sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Just for the first hour. And I convinced myself just for an hour, just write, just, I just was like, just to write the bad version of this opening. Cause I literally had no idea how to open it now. I was like, I have no idea. What is the first image? It must be perfect. How do every other TV show open? And I literally went down the perfection hole. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Right. What do I, what, what, let's just write something. And I just spit it out, kind of ragey. It's exactly like you're saying. Yeah. Um, is it good? I don't know. I'll tell you in two days when I go back and look <laughs> at it. But it doesn't matter because I actually had fun and my voice is in there. I know that it's in there. Um, and they really do want voice, especially a pilot. It's all about voice. Yeah. You are the showrunner. 
that voice has got to be all over that pilot because that's what they're buying because it's episodes. They're actually buying the voice. They're buying the perspective. Um, so uh, that's yeah. what I have to say about voice. Yes. I don't know. If, yes. You guys, talk to us on Facebook. Is this helpful? Did this help you at all? Okay. Yeah. There's another exercise uh, before we get into the question of the week. Yes. Um, when I was a playwright, which was to sort of uh, create like a, a guided meditation space for yourself, and then sounds a little, it's voyeuristic, right? Then you look through a hole in the wall or a doorway, and you just document what you see, um, and it sort of gives you permission to start. Uh, this ah. is uh, it's sort of uh, I'm just going to write down what I see. Uh, this used to work for me, and now the rage machine works for me. But this used to work for me, um, which like, I don't. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think that's how I write. Now that you say it, <laughs> well, right? Well, and then those two things combine, and then I'm literally just like, oh, you're going to walk over there. Oh, great. Let's see what happens over there. Oh, you're going to go do that thing. You know that um, that 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 what that does is it takes the responsibility away from me. Like, then it's like I'm letting my characters lead in a way, and then I don't have to be so wound up in all those fears and expectations. I have a lot I of I think them. that's great. I They're think very that's complex. Awesome. I think that's yeah. amazing. But that always, that, that helps me. If I'm not in the mood to be ragey, I do that. I just open <laughs> the door and see who's there and, you know, what, they, what they're doing. Um, I love it. Yeah. All right, guys, let us know on Facebook how this worked for you and uh, any other questions you have. One more thing. Let's I, start... pop oh, yeah, I, I, I think another thing, and you guys can disagree with this, but I think the scenes that you're really afraid of are probably the scenes where your voice is ringing the most truly. Because, like, I think when I think about trying to craft my voice on the page, that's when I feel like I'm on the page. So I know if I'm going to get criticism or notes, it's going to feel personal. <laughs> but that's probably a good thing because... I'm afraid to write it because it's close to me and it's personal and it feels like me. And so those scenes that you're afraid to write are often your best ones. And I think they're probably a good indication of your true north when trying to lock into your voice. 100%. Great, great perspective. The ones that you are afraid of, that is your voice. Literally, think about it. It's your voice. It's you, right? right. They know you. They're, start, they're getting to know you. And yes, they will give notes as if it's not you because it isn't, because it's a character. Uh, and that can get confusing, but 100%, that is, that is where the voice is sitting. Great, great um, suggestion. Um, so tell us on Facebook, what's the scene that you wrote that you were afraid of? <laughs> oh, yes, okay, we're coming back to lava, which is also our question Yay. of the week. Um, Lorraine, do you want to read the question? Sure. I will. This comes from Laura Ann, and uh, I think this was posted on our uh, Facebook group. Um, is it okay to write about your face being in the lava while your face is still in the lava, or should you wait until the lava has cooled a bit? Um, and Does I, lava ever cool? <laughs> no, but I think it's sort of the like, while you're experiencing yes. a trauma or the yeah. trauma that you're writing about, is that the best time to write it? Um, write it in a script, right? Write it in a screenplay. And of course, the answer for me is yes and no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, Meg. Exactly. <laughs> Just to keep on with the theme of tricky. This is a tricky <laughs> question. Um, uh, you know, listen, if it's deep trauma and true trauma, uh, I always want to say first, get support. Yeah. Um, don't do that alone. Um, if we're really talking deep psychological trauma um, and it's active and happening and you are being traumatized, please go get help. There are experts um, who can help you. 
And that will help your writing too, because you'll get your feet on your, your, the ground under your feet, right? Um, and you can barf it out into journals and morning pages for all that raw material for sure. And, and that will help you. When I was in a trauma time, I did a lot of morning pages just to help keep my head above water and to know myself and to see it uh, on the page. Um, mm -hmm. So I just always want to say that first when we're talking about active lava. Um, you know, the lava that we're talking about in terms of writing, I think is stuff that has already happened or is something that is, you know, ancient or even if it's up and walking around now, it's something that you've dealt with or are dealing with, like you have a handle on it. So that's why when I say it's yes and no, if it's truly, truly trauma happening, like maybe not, maybe just do morning pages and, um, and get yourself some space, right? Because I don't want yeah. you to be re-traumatized by writing it. Um, but most, that's not most what, that's not most of what we're talking about. Most of what we're talking about is, yeah, it, it because here's the trick, if it's lava, it's gonna burn. Even if it's from when you're five, it's going to feel real. It's yeah. going to feel like it's happening again, right? Even though it's not, I'm not five, my parents are dead, none of this is happening, right? Even though you probably yeah. are because you're projecting it all over the place. but. Um, you know, yes, so it, lava always, that's why it's lava, it's going to feel burny. So you're gonna have to go into it and, and sit in the fire. So yes, you should go in and let it, because uh, it, it, it won't kill you. It, it's going to be the, the goal that you're looking for. I think uh, for me, so this project that I'm writing on now uh, is uh, sort of ancient and active lava. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what's happening is it's triggering a lot of my feelings about how I felt about this situation. So I'm having to figure out how to sort of douse it before I go back upstairs and engage with my family. Right, because right. I'm writing Fair. about my marriage, right? And right. so uh, and some anger I had and pain I had. And so then um, I can't bring that back up with me upstairs. Right? right, I have to figure out how to be like, how to put it away because it is triggering. And then yeah. all those feelings come back and it's burning. It's burning, Meg, it's burning, right? And so it's like, okay, but, I, but I've stepped away, I've stepped through that stuff and now I'm sort of fictionalizing it, but the, the, the lava is still real. So I, I need to work on how to douse it not put it out so that I can come back to it when I'm ready to write again. You have again. to leave it with the character. Yes. Right? Like you have to literally, it's her or him yes. that's in that lava. You're accessing yours, but yours is not around you. Like you you do have yeah. to mentally say, my writing's done for the day, right? Yeah. And it, it, listen, I'm, I know what I'm saying to you. Uh, you're not a robot, but you that the I think it's so smart, Lorian, to have you know, my father used to have a very hard job and he said that driving home, he picked a billboard and as soon as he drove by that billboard, he f was not at work anymore mm. because he didn't want to bring it home That sounds great. Let's do that. Let's right? get in our car and let's <laughs> drive home. Let's drive home. <laughs> I want to go I anywhere. I want to well, go. I'm literally want... like, so is there something like as soon as I open that door yes. back into the kitchen? No, that's great. You have to tell yourself, you're done writing. You've left it with your character. They are taking good care of it. They are good stewards yes. of it. And that's, um, a, that's a really critical piece too, especially if you're writing something that's semi-autobiographical is the character and you are different. If yeah. finding those clear demarcations that she is not me, right. the choices she's making are not the same choices I made, right? It's, 
and sort of separating that. And that will be especially critical when I put this out for someone to read and they give me notes on it so that it is definitely not me that I'm getting notes on. Yeah, like you specifically know? make her. Yes, you, and so yeah. that has been really powerful for me. Uh, the uh, Some of the scripts I read this week for Friends, they're writing autobiographically, and it's always like, this is not you. Let's find the specific ways in which this person is not you, this character is not you. So yeah, that like we can they, talk they have about a reaction that you wouldn't have, right? Yeah. They have a stubbornness you wouldn't have. Yes. They have something to really make them feel they're carrying it for you, they're expressing it, they're yeah. going through something super similar, but I think that's really also very helpful. But I mean... Yeah. Laura, I'm, I just also want to say hooray to you that you're doing LAVA and that you're going towards it. Congratulations. And remember, when LAVA comes up, it might be messy as shit. Like, it just, it might make no sense. It might come up in spurts. It might, like, cool off and you're like, I don't even know what that, like, it, it's not going to be an A, B, C, D thing. It just isn't. And if you have to write it in pieces and not wor- not worry about what act is this in and what's the arc and all that stuff, like... It's so funny because I live by that stuff. I am doing a podcast about that stuff. But <laughs> when it comes to lava, forget it. Yeah. If this is a puke draft and it's just about accessing lava, I it can really douse it. It can really put it out to worry about all that stuff. So just do it out of order. Like, who cares? Just get it up out of there and don't don't let the craft stuff tamp it down um, because listen part of your brain is going to be afraid of this and it's going to use everything it can think of to not have you do it so um, it's is, going to feel hot no matter when you do it yeah, which <laughs> is what feel when it. I said this project is chasing me into the dark corners it's what I'm doing I'm jumping around in time I'm jumping around Good. in in fact and I just keeping writing and it makes no sense I don't even know what the fuck this is anymore but I'm like I'm just it doesn't matter. Just get it's it out. It's awful. It's awful, Laura. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. And then you're going to come back and you're going to have all this material. Right. And now maybe someone like me or your friend can come in and help you, that your trusted friend, to say, okay, well, how could yeah. this be an act? And what could the episode be or whatever? Like, that's all the fun intellectual stuff we're going to do. Like, you're going to do all that stuff. Yeah. You're going to use all that part of your brain. But lava is not the time to be doing it. Yeah. You know, which is why, like I told you, I got, I got, I get to go to script, but I also know I need my lava to be involved here. So I'm going to have to find my own private writing exercises to let it come up or it's going to feel dead. It's not going to feel alive uh, the way I want it to. Um, so Laura, I hope, I hope that helped yes. a little bit. It here. helped me to process it and talk about it. So thank you good, for the good. question. <laughs> uh, so today was our tricky voice and lava show. Yes. Um, but we were we're really uh, so thankful for you being w- uh, with us again, and we love your feedback on the Facebook group page. Please come visit us there um, and let us know. Yep. And uh, fun fact: uh, Meg and I share the same birthday. Ah. <laughs> so our birthday is sometime around this episode. So happy birthday, Meg. Happy birthday, Lauren. I have to jump and... in, y'all. Their birthday is this Monday. I have to let our fans know because <laughs> our fearless leaders deserve a happy birthday. So this drops Sunday. So even, you know, hop on the Facebook group now. Give them that early, early oh, birthday that's love. That's so nice. Oh, that's right. so nice. That's yeah. so nice. I, I'm going to go drink tequila for my birthday. <laughs> yes. Something similar will be happening here. Um, and uh, everybody, uh, we're here and you are not alone. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community, and we want to get to know you even better. 
Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the screenwriting life or email us at the screenwriting life at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.